Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Good evening, Hillside. I thought I will start with a little bit of risking, yeah. Yay, God. Does the name Abby or Abigail, does that name mean anything to anyone? Abby, Abigail. Going once, going twice. Yeah. Both of you. The name Abby or Abigail, or both? Both. Yay, God. Okay. And had, did anyone, I'll speak to you just now, did anyone have, this is going to be very silly, anyone have a conversation this week about pistachio nuts? Yay, God. <laughs> okay. Yay. Come on. Okay, if you can all stand up, please. That would be amazing. Yay, God. Okay, for the Abby and Abigail, I really felt that God was saying on Thursday when I was praying for you guys that God knows you by name. He knows you by name. Does white flowers mean anything to either of you? I had a picture of a white flower as I was praying. And God is saying that you're always trying to understand things, but God is saying that you actually don't have to understand everything because he does. And the ability to actually just lay down all of that and just trust in his understanding is far greater than having to know everything. And God was saying that trust in him and know that he actually does know absolutely everything about you. He knows you by name. He has created you. So just rest in that place of knowing that you are fully known and he actually knows everything. Yay, God. Holly. As I was praying for you, I really felt that my puppy kept on distracting me. And it got to the point where every time I was just getting in the presence, praying, what does this mean? What is it about the nuts? What is it about this conversation? This puppy kept on annoying me to the point where I was, get behind me, Satan. This is actually distracting me so much. And then God said, that is it. It is such a distraction. I feel like there's such a distraction coming in with you at the moment. And Holy Spirit is saying that peace be on you. Let the distraction leave. I come against your mind that is just thinking so many thoughts. Don't overthink things. Holy Spirit says, just cast away the distractions right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yay, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's it. I'll pray again next Thursday. (laughs) Okay, so... The title of my message tonight is On the Road to Damascus. So can we turn? Can I turn? Let's go to Acts. Acts 7. And just a bit of the backstory, I'm going to be reading out of when Stephen was being stoned. And Stephen gives probably the most impressive speech in history. It is the longest speech in history. It is so powerful. It is so anointed. He goes into the whole history of just how amazing his God is. 
and he knows he's probably going to die, and he knows this is probably going to be his last words, but he goes for it. If I ever were to go out, I want to go out with a speech like that. And he goes into his speech, and in the end, I'm picking up from verse 57, he says, At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep, and Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. The verse I want to look there, the one little thing there, is, Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. Now, that is a very significant sentence in that scripture. That is setting it up for the introduction to Saul. So now Saul is coming to the picture. The fact that they were laying their coats in front of his feet meant that he carried some sort of an authority. It meant that they respected him. Saul himself would say many times that he was beyond his years. He carried respect and he carried authority. And by them coming and publicly putting their clothes in front of his feet was publicly saying, this man carries authority. With him saying, and then it says on, and Saul approved of the killing of Stephen. So the fact that Saul did not stop this means that he gave them a legal right to do it. He carried power. He carried authority. Let's go to Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found Anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. That word breathing out murderous threats. This man hated Christians. He was breathing out persecution. He was going, he already saw this man being stoned to death, which is not a pretty sight. They actually would take all the clothes off and they would brutally throw stones at someone until they die. This is not a fun experience and it's also not fun to watch it. So this man goes and wants to go after more Christians and more Christians. And he says, take me. But it's this murder in his heart of like, I am going to breathe this murderous thing. I want to kill Christians. And so... Some say, it's quite interesting, so Saul is from the tribe of Benjamin, and there's like a prophetic little parallel there, where in Genesis 49 verse 27 it says, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf in the morning, he devours the prey, in the evening he divides the plunder. He was so consumed with hate, so consumed with hate. 
It's the same spirit that went after Jesus. It's the same irrational spirit of getting so consumed with the hatred that they were going after an innocent man like Jesus. But they were just so consumed with that spirit of hate, of the unknown, of who is this man. And it's that same spirit that was on Saul. Jesus says in John 15 verse 20, Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will persecute you. Let's get back into the scripture. So then, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see anything. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. I've always been able to relate so much to Paul's encounter on the road to Damascus because my encounter and my salvation started that way. Not in Damascus, <laughs> but it started with me sitting across the table of a pastor persecuting him, telling him what I think of him, what I think of his God, to the point where I was swearing so much my poor husband's eyes were this big. He didn't even know that I had a vocabulary like that when it comes to swearing. But I was persecuting this man. I had so much hate in my heart for this person I did not even know. Did not even know him. But this anger and this hate rose up in me. And as I was to the point where I was going to spit in his face, the fire of God fell on me. It was like someone lit a match and dropped it on me. And I instantly froze. I could not speak, I could not move, I was sitting, everything around me was in slow motion and I was on fire. It was a fire burning so wildly that I thought I was going to die, but yet I knew it was perfect love and I knew that it was not going to kill me. But I also knew that there was power in this fire. I sat there and watched Graham and this guy having a conversation, not knowing what is actually happening to me. And I just sat there, which felt for hours. So when I read the story about Saul's conversion and how the power of God fell on him, I was like, yes, <laughs> I know what that feels like. That is love. That is power. That is a God coming and stopping you in your tracks and saying no more. That is power and authority. You can never have an encounter with Holy Spirit and walk away unchanged. Never. Absolutely never. The power and love of Jesus is so powerful that when he touches you, you cannot be the same ever again. Never the same again. Because his perfect love is so powerful that you will never be the same. One touch, you will never be the same. The second point I want to look into is the everyday hero. So let's go to Acts 9. We're picking up from verse 10. 
In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. Now, I'm going to pronounce it Ananias. I've got the mic, and I am going to say Ananias. It is Ananias. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. <laughs> the Lord called him in, in the vision and said, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. Come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. From history, Ananias was an everyday Christian. I think he shared the gospel. I think he preached every now and then. But there was nothing significant about him. He was like us. It's like one of us sitting in a house and God giving us a vision and saying, I want you to go think of someone that you can think of right now that you can think is the craziest person to go to who is not a Christian. God saying, I want you to go to that person's house. You're going to go. You're going to lay hands on him. And Ananias is like, God, whoa, this man kills Christians. This man is not a nice person. Surely you can kind of do this. You can, you can give his sight back. Yeah, I don't need to go. But yet God says, you need to go and do this. See, fear plays tricks on our minds. It makes our power less. Where God wants to make us powerful. He wants to take fear and spit on it. <laughs> there is no place for fear with God. Because God is powerful and we are powerful. So Ananias goes. Can you imagine what it felt like when he opened that door and he saw Saul sitting there? That moment of being in the same room of the man that is historically killing and slaughtering Christians, that moment of being so fearful of God, you better be in this. Or maybe this is a trick. This guy is going to arrest us. This guy is actually pretending here. But he takes the courage and he does something so powerful. He puts his hands on Saul and with one word he says, Brother Saul, Brother Saul. Now would you go to your enemy and say, Brother there's something so significant and powerful about that one little word that Ananias does. With one word, he breaks down hate. With one word, he brings in love. With one word, he speaks of family. With one word, he says, brother, you are not a persecutor, but you are a brother in Christ. That moment in time is so significant that when the scales falls off his eyes, he is no longer the persecutor, but now he is a son of God. 
He is now a follower of Jesus. He is now a brother of Jesus. With one word and one act of love, he has a new identity. He is no longer Saul, the persecutor. He is now Saul, the brother. It is a very powerful moment. See, Ananias had to go against his feelings and what he felt and his fears. He had to go on what God says. What does God say? Because God knows. There is such power when you go in love to your enemies. There is such power in the word brother. So he lays hands on Saul and he says, brother, God sent me and be healed. There is such power in that. My third point, we have a responsibility. So Saul spent days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the, to the high priest? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Powerful point, proving. That means he was walking in signs and wonders, not just preaching the word, but he was proving that Jesus was the Messiah. So he was walking in everything that Jesus had for him. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy amongst the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of this plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. And how in Damascus he had preached fiercely in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and strengthening. We have a responsibility to protect each other. We have a responsibility to protect Christians. Just like these people rallied around Saul and looked out and sneaked him into places, they protected him because he was a brother. They protected him because he was now family. And there was rumors going around, oh, we know Saul, we know him, he's not changed. Yet the disciples are protecting him constantly, constantly protecting him. A good example in today's age, let's take Kanye West. For those that know Kanye West, he gets converted, he gets saved. What is the first thing all Christians says? This is a scam. What is he doing? Is he trying to sell some more merchandise? 
is he having a bipolar episode and gone off his meds? What is wrong with him? He's such an attention seeker. Christians. Christians are saying that. He surely he's not saved because we are God and we know everything. He cannot be saved. Instead of protecting him, instead of protecting him as a brother, instead of protecting him and saying, I will not be part of this conversation right now because that is my brother in Christ. How many times do we stand and listen to conversations that are not godly, and we might even in our hearts disagree with it, but we don't verbally say anything? You can agree with something in your heart, but actually speaking something into truth, that's where the power lies. God spoke the world into creation. So you might think I'm disagreeing with a conversation right now, but actually saying, I don't agree with this conversation right now. I've got far more power. We have got a responsibility as family to stick up for each other. And this is not just a Kanye West. I have been part of many conversations and guilty of not saying anything. Where I would walk away and be like, oh, that did not sit right with me. But I didn't say anything. But we need to look out for each other. We need to have each other's backs. That is what God has called us to do. We need to be so careful that we don't move from the persecuted to becoming the persecutor. It is never our place to judge. Never. That gift is not one of God's gifts that he has bestowed on us. It's not one of the gifts of the Spirit. Judging is not there. It's not there. There is no gift of judging. <laughs> that is fully on God. And yay, God, because I don't want that gift. <laughs> I don't want that gift. I want love. I want joy. <laughs> so it might come across as a heavy. <laughs> but Jesus loves us so much. He loves everyone. He even loves the murderer or the rapist. He loves everyone. And our job is to pray and to love like Jesus loves. That's our job, to love like Jesus. So Saul going from being this murderous man to being a brother, was his life easy? No. He went through so much. Was it a punishment because he was so bad? No, it was not a punishment. <laughs> but he never stopped loving, and he never stopped being a brother. And as Christians, can we protect each other? Can we look out for each other? Can we not just say we are family, but actually be family? You know, there's a difference between saying and doing. It's a huge difference. And I want to be in a family where I know if someone is talking behind my back, that you're going to have my back. 
that you're actually going to say no. So Caleb, can you please come up and let's have a song. Yay, God. (laughs) Is this heavy or is this good? Yay, let's go. (laughs) I will not judge you. (laughs) Let me pray for us. Yeah. Yay, Holy Spirit, you are so amazing. You are so good. You are so kind. Father, I thank you that you are perfect love. I thank you that you go into darkness and it has to flee. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are such a good, good Father. You only know love. You only know love, Daddy. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're teaching us daily to walk more and more in your truth and your light and in your love. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Transform our minds to think like you, Jesus. Use our mouths to glorify each other instead of breaking each other down. Let's turn judgment into love and respect and honor. Use us, Holy Spirit, to be brothers and sisters. In Jesus' powerful, mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.